0: Hello everyone. Hello. How
1: are Hello. You? Hello.
0: Here and see you. are I CU. Uh, you. This
2: is Anne on Hi the phone.
0: You. Good to hear you. Good mm-hmm. to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Hi, Penelope. Araba, Debbie, good to see you all. I'll pray us in, and then we can get started. I'm sure others will join us calling it now. <laughs> hmm, taking that deep breath of love and gratitude, and a hand on my heart. So grateful for this time to come together with our beautiful brothers and sisters, those who are here now and those who will listen later. Grateful for this opportunity to Authentically share from our hearts to reveal any blocks to love to heal them back to the root source in all directions of time and space I'm grateful for our willingness to do this healing work to be the light that we were meant to be to have the miraculous magnificent lives that will ripple out into the world and shine light on everyone's hearts. We're grateful for Jennifer for bringing this community together for her vision of the ministry. And we're grateful that we get to be a part of that vision. We're grateful to all of our family and friends and Co-workers and clients and all those that we need throughout our day, all of our loved ones who have transitioned before us and the whole company of heaven, the ascended masters, archangels, angels and saints. We ask that they join us, surrounding us and supporting us now during this call, allowing us to bravely share and deeply heal. We're grateful for this opportunity to do this healing work. We're so grateful that we get to share the benefits of our healing and expansion of our very lives with everyone because we are one with them. In deep abiding gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 It's so good to be with you all today. Yeah. (laughs) So who would like to begin our sharing? Good to see you, Arba. Would anybody like to talk about their experience doing the, um, the writing that Jennifer guided everyone in class on Monday? That was pretty intense, releasing those feelings of limitation. Go ahead, Arva.
3: I was just going to say, good to see you, Linda, and thank you so much for being here, leading us in prayer, and just setting the tone for this holy conversation that we have the opportunity to share in. Um I was not present in, cl- present in class this weekend, but in my listening of last week's class, um Jennifer had mentioned um her suggestion of reading the characteristics of God's teachers. Um for a week, a full week, and then once a week thereafter. And particularly for me, after returning back from the spiritual intensive, um, I felt that was something that was really important to do. And I began that yesterday. And I felt like it was really in line with the previous week's class. Um did not have the opportunity to participate in the Breakout session that Angela did on Thursday, but um, for me, I was struck by. Um, so we you know trust uh, for people who have read it. Um, that's the section four in uh, the manual for teachers, and I did find it really helpful to read the previous three sections: sections levels of teaching and who are God's teachers and how we all pretty much are, Um, and then when I was going through the characteristics, trust being the bedrock and the foundation, and then yet the process, the various processes that happen in the teaching, I was struck by, hmm, like, I wanted to think about where I was in that process of trust. And they talk about, you know, first really having a sense that there is something greater than you that is contained with you but is coming through you. And then uh, the process of sorting out and the sorting out of what it has value and what doesn't have value. And then they mention, like, a third stage of, of like resting and then another stage of like sorting again, unsettling is what it was called, um, where you realize that in your sorting out that you were still doing it from ego. And so now you're going back again and allowing spirit, to really guide you and there's a line that says and then you discover it's so easy like I choose what I want and I let the rest go and I'm still really struck by that because the process doesn't feel easy (laughs) Um, to me from my experience and I almost feel like The work that we are doing, particularly here as we are nearing the end of the year, that that still remains an ongoing process um, for me, even as I begin to trust more that um, I really liked the settling in period, and (laughs) now it's unsettling again, (laughs) and so... Are there things that other people have or are experiencing in this time during their mastery, um, masterful living experience that has helped them or continues to help them as they go through this ongoing process of trust? Thank you. Thank you for letting me share. Yeah.
0: Well, I can say for myself, Araba, that, um, you know, I'm five years into this journey, and I still feel that cycle. (laughs) I still feel I'm going through that cycle. So, um, for me, it does seem... To feel easier, um, even though the challenges don't always feel easier, but it, it appears that I'm able to release my judgments more quickly and come back to a, a peaceful state of mind more quickly. but still happening, (laughs) it's still happening. Anybody else wanna speak to that cycle within themselves, within their own lives, how they're, you know, is it coming up for you or how you're dealing with it? challenges you might have or uh, start a new thread if you would like something else.
2: I feel compelled to talk. Yes. No, what I have to say is not going to be pleasant. Many of you know that I was raped when I was in third grade, I went to the bathroom with friends. When I got out of the bathroom another cell, all three think, sinks were being used by my friends. And I had to wait because there was a sign on the wall that said cleanliness is next to godliness. <clears throat> So I was left in the bathroom with the janitor who hugged me before raping me. I stayed in the bathroom for at least half an hour after I was supposed to go back to class. And I finally decided I had no choice but to go back to my class. My teacher was very understanding. She sent all the kids out to play. And she comforted me. And she did everything she could. I went home and told my mother about it. My mother, the week before, had found my father and me in an incestuous relationship. Which she... Accepted. When I told her about the rape, she decided I was a slut and worthless kid. I am just realizing this. I made the decision at eight years old to have no friends. Because in my eight-year-old mind, my friends had left me to my fate. Nobody knew what was going to happen. They didn't make that choice. But that's what I decided at eight years old. I've been living with that and not recognizing it all these years. I'm not even sure what a friend is.
0: I'm so sorry you had to go through that.
2: And for the first in my li- time in my life, I'm crying about that. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't want to recognize that it had happened. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sorry it's all right and let it out, mm-hmm. We're all holding you here.
2: How can I trust people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. -hmm. And how you would at eight years old feel that way. And I also know from my own experiences and from Mm -hmm. speaking to others who have had similar experiences that Um, perpetrators know when someone is what they would perceive as broken. So I'm sure that 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 janitor just saw in you the, the hurt child that was dealing with your father molesting you. and i'm I'm sorry that your mother was unable to be courageous enough to protect you. She was overwhelmed,
2: mm-hmm. which is understandable,
0: yeah, but she was the adult, and you were the child. And you deserve to be protected. I'm so sorry that you didn't Mm -hmm. receive that then. And I know from my own experience that as you're able to open your heart to to that little child that was hurt and building that wall of protection around her, as you're able to give her the love and the comfort that you didn't receive from your mother, that your heart will open and and you will be able to receive friendship <sighs> <clears throat> <clears throat> You for sharing that with us Anne is there any, any way we can support you
2: I don't know I feel like I've put a bomb in the room that just exploded no nobody knows how to deal with it
0: I think many of us have yeah Arab is raising your hand
3: Oh dear Anne, I just, this is Araba and I want to thank you for your courage and your authenticity and your openness of heart to speak the truth of what you've realized has been operating in your life. I don't think it's a bomb that cannot, nobody knows how to handle. I know I send my heart and my spirit to embrace you because I know not that exact pain, but a similar pain of having been raped, in my mind, forgetting that for many, many years. Especially after knowing that, finding out later that the perpetrator went on to rape other women and somebody else stood up and reported it. And I know for myself after that, I made a decision to control every possible thing that I could in my life. Mm -hmm. And I lived that way. And in the world's eyes was successful. But in coming, and it wasn't until three years ago that I was in a situation where I felt fear,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and that flashback came back to me of being in that moment where I had a lot of shame about not using my voice. And I understand that it's only in forgiveness of ourselves and all those misperceptions that we can finally be free. I also wanted to say to you that I've heard you on these calls and there is so much evidence that you do know how to trust. You've raised children. (laughs) There's nothing more (laughs) of an experience of trust than raising children, bringing a child into the world, supporting them, watching them grow. So I hope that you will know and experience the truth is you know how to trust and you have trusted in your life way past that incident and being an eight year old.
2: I'm laughing a little bit because I became a teacher. At my generation, there were three jobs available for women. Secretary, and I'm not organized enough to be a secretary. Nursing, and I didn't like the idea, and teaching. So I became a teacher of high school kids. And I remember the biggest problem of a new teacher is getting on the other side of the desk, which means being in in control of the class instead of being a participant in the class. And I had real difficulty with that until I was assigned a study hall. And I knew that the only problem in a study hall was to keep the kids quiet and studying. Talked with a a fellow teacher who said that uh, make few rules and make sure they understand them. I walked into the study hall, I said that there are two rules in this study hall. First, never talking. Second, always studying. Are there any questions? They had gazillion questions. <laughs> and I remember basically two of them. One of them was a, from a student who had, was taking a class in, in Uh, manual arts and she wanted to know if she could knit in the class and I said well yeah that's part of your assignment there's no problem with that but no talking and this other kid said uh, I haven't anything to study (laughs) and I said where this came from I'm not quite sure I said "Uh, do you have a grandmother yes write her a letter, I'm sure she'd enjoy receiving it. (laughs) We talked for about 40 minutes answering questions and doubts they had about this. And about 10 minutes left in the study hall period, I said, well, we've got about 10 minutes. There seems to be no further questions. You can talk quietly. Among yourselves today, but everybody has to come come tomorrow with something that they have to do. The class was so orderly and quiet that one day the a teacher from the other side of the hall came by because I'd sent a kid over to his hall, his class because they were making they were disturbing the study hall. And he came over and looked looked at the class and he said. I don't know how many times I've sent somebody over here just shut up the study hall. I've never before had somebody come to my class and say we were disturbing the study hall. I learned so much that particular day about how to be in charge of a situation I think it's one of the highlights of my life, actually. Because I was very confident from then on that I was in charge of a situation, when I was in charge of a situation. Yeah. So it hasn't all been bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And have you... Have you been able to do any work around your experience of being raped or molested? I was
2: in a group of people that uh, we talked, actually we played the part of other people's lives. It's called Constellations, and uh, through that, I was able to see and, and experience uh, profoundly what had happened, and I remember at one point, I was told I had to forgive both my father and the man that raped me. And I found that I had no really negative feelings mm-hmm. that they were just doing what they they were very much ashamed mm-hmm. of what they had done. And uh, they didn't have very much to say for themselves, actually. They kind of looked at me and looked ashamed. So uh, since I told the teacher about the incident, the janitor got fired. Yeah, I can imagine. So. uh, But I never, ever, ever went to that bathroom again. Absolutely refused to go to the bathroom at the school, yeah, you can imagine the problems that cost me,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: but uh anyway, that, and that was the only bathroom I refused to enter for good reason, yeah, or at least I thought it was a good reason <laughs> mhm.
1: But um, This is Tamara. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead, Tamara. Yeah. Hi. Wow, Anne and, and Araba, such awesome sharing and such, you know, deep. Experiences that you've had, and it you know, it just reminds me is that you know, we have the same power that Christ had in Him, the exact same. We have the same power that creates worlds, and you know, we get caught up as in human beings and our human bodies in kind of a collective experience because then. know what you experienced was not that uncommon Um, I mean it's not that it happened to everyone but in one way or another we all just didn't know what to do with those kind of situations and our parents didn't know what to do and the teachers didn't know what to do and you know we're you know we kind of pat people on the head and say ooh you know and just sweep it under the rug and it's not happening as much today But, you know, I know that our healing comes from the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is our intercessor and we can, you know, we can pray, you know, Holy Spirit, um, heal my mind, heal my body, heal my hurts so that I never have to experience them again so that they are, you know, he will take them as far as the east is from the west and we do torment ourselves and our decisions and our not protecting ourselves and so on all, you know, in our minds. And and we need to realize that if we go back to God, you know, like the next minute and we say, God, please forgive me. He goes for what? And we'll say, well, you know, that terrible thing. And he'll go, no, I don't know. Because it's just not even in, in his, in his thinking, but and then Jesus also is, you know, in the Bible it says that Jesus sits on the right-hand side of God, and he also is our intercessor. So those two are, are, are the tools to our healing. I know I love the forgiveness letters, and I love all of the, those kind of steps, but I think ultimately we just ask the Holy Spirit, sometimes ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what is holding me back from complete healing? what is holding me back? Why am I not healing? If it's a physical ailment, Holy Spirit, why am I not healing from this? What is blocking this? And then listen, you know, I, so anyway, that just came up for me. That's just, my heart goes out to you. I've got a hundred things, a million things on my list of things that, you know, I wish I would have done differently in my life, that some tragic things have happened and I had a a boyfriend when I was 14 for quite a few years, but, you know, we, we played around with, with sex and making out and those type of things. And, and sometimes at that kind of age, that's almost like molestation, even though it was consent. So it's just interesting. So anyway, I just wanted to share, I hope, I hope it makes sense. And my love and heart goes out to you and my spirit and I just pray for complete healing that from this moment on that the Holy Spirit will take that, heal it and just throw it out, you know, and that you won't have to experience any more pain from that again. And self-confidence is yours. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that you will, that you will experience that tremendous power that we were given by God and by Jesus and, uh, and just live a very awesome, happy, powerful life with many, many friends and many, many people who love you.
0: Thank you, Tammy. The thought that just came to me and was um, reaching out to one of the spiritual counselors in training to have some sessions around this because I know um, for me there was self-forgiveness that needed to be done as I believed that I was wrong and bad and um, things that others told me, I uh, allowed myself to believe them as well. Um, So I know there's a lot of layers to healing this. Um, And there are many resources. Forgiveness letter is one, but there are many resources, including the counselors that might be helpful for you. Just, you know, your heart will know what is yours to do. I had a very
2: interesting experience a little while after that happened. I had just learned that if you put a one and a comma and three zeros after that, the number becomes much bigger. And so I set myself down one day by myself and I started in the upper left-hand corner of an ordinary-sized piece of paper. And I started with a one, and made a comma, and made three zeros. I made another comma, and I made three zeros. And I kept on filling up that paper with zeros, commas and zeros, until I got to the bottom of the paper. And I looked at that humongous number, which is infinitely bigger than the national (laughs) debt. I said to myself, these are all the things I'm going to do to my dad to get back today. And then I looked at it again and I said, it's impossible to get back. There are too many things that are bothering me. So I took that piece of paper and I tore it into little tiny pieces and I let the wind blow it away. And I think that was an act of forgiveness, even at a very young age. And I don't know why that memory has stayed with me, but I guess it's to comfort me that I'm not all bad.
0: Not at all. I found you very delightful,
1: actually.
2: Maybe tearing up that paper and throwing it away had a very positive
0: effect in my life.
2: I think it.
0: Yeah. What a um, a beautiful symbol of letting that whole experience go.
3: I keep forgetting and you're on the phone so you can't actually see what how people are looking or making symbols. So I just was so struck by you writing your forgiveness letter and having that ritual of allowing the wind to blow it away much like people burn forgiveness letters on full moons. To allow that release. And I feel really honored that you were feeling loved and supported and would allow yourself to share both that experience and the experiences you have shared that clearly demonstrate so much healing around this. and also allowing yourself to feel what you feel in the moment that you were telling that story and separating yourself from that story. And Tamara, thank you so much for your words. Because you're right, spirit will... Link us to the Christ in us that allows the fullness of God and all of our beautiful spiritual gifts of the truth of who we are dawn in our mind.
2: I went to a church as a little girl that was very helpful in letting people know how to forgive. I'm not quite sure how my parents found this church or whether they fully appreciated what I was learning in the church. I know that when we were, when I was in eighth grade, we moved to another place and the church was not, was much more fundamentalist and you've sinned and you've got to go to hell and all this sort of stuff was the whole point of that church. But the church that I went to when I was a little girl was, was very, very helpful and loving. I am so grateful that I, for that experience because I wasn't getting it at home, and I'm extremely grateful to my third grade teacher. You took took one look and knew she had a crisis on her hands.
0: Yeah, I'm
4: I'm sure there
0: were things that equipped her to handle that as well. Things that happened to her in her life that equipped her to handle that.
2: People do show up in amazing ways when you're in a crisis.
0: Well, thank you for allowing us to be a part of your experience in healing this.
2: Well, I'm still in route, I'm not there yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh.
2: but I think you can understand why I use the phone because I cannot have these conversations where somebody in my family will hear them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And I know that Your speaking of this experience here in the community call is helpful to those of us that are here and those that are going to listen later, whether we have the same experience or we know someone who's had the same experience or similar experience.
2: From what's come out recently, it's not
0: that uncommon. No, absolutely not. I know, um, I think it was MLC2 where they were having a conversation in class about the uh, experience of molestations in the Catholic Church. And how, you know, it was so... it, It was thought of as sinful so nobody wanted to talk about it and now that it's being brought up to the light that everybody is able to say you know I experienced experience this I know somebody that experienced this um, and we're, we're able to hold each other with love and compassion and and heal together so thank you for that <laughs> Does anybody have anything they'd like to add to the conversation or something else they'd like to talk about? We still have about 15 minutes left. Penelope, go ahead.
4: Um, I'd just like to acknowledge um, both Anne and Araba for your willingness and your courage and your strength to to share this with all of us today. And I am so, so grateful um, to be on this call um, and to be able to listen to this call. Um, it is just absolutely magnificent that you, you've been willing to do this and to share this and also um, that you're willing to heal this um, because I think it takes such courage um, to look at some of this stuff um, that can be so incredibly painful. Um, so yeah, my heart goes out to both of you. Um, and I'd also, as well, can I just acknowledge you, Linda? Because the way in which that you that you were speaking to Anne um, was just so so beautiful. Um, the way that you chose your words. Your heart was so fully open as you were speaking and the deep, deep compassion as you were speaking to Anne. Um, And it's just as well, just for me, just such a beautiful example to actually watch a spiritual counselor um, doing this kind of work. So um, just thank you, thank you so much for everyone that shared.
0: Thank you, Penelope. Would anyone else like to share anything? I think the only other thing that came up for me while while you were talking about this, Anne, was my own thoughts of keeping people at arm's length and what I had to ask myself was where was I keeping my heart closed for myself? Where was I not being loving and compassionate towards myself? And how could I do that? You know, just asking spirit to guide me. What is the most loving choice for me in this moment? it's an ongoing thing <laughs> so um, but I I have noticed in um, the relationships that I do have with family and friends that um, I am more willing to be open-hearted and authentic and, um, vulnerable. And as I do that, our relationships deepen and strengthen. And it's only because I'm willing to do the work to love myself more deeply, fiercely is what I said last year was in my contract. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fierce love for myself.
2: I like that phrase.
1: <laughs>
3: <clears throat> Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Penelope. Yeah, Linda is truly a hero for me, a personal hero and model of how I hope to be of service one day. Um, the phrase you just said reminded me of um, a line from the choreo poem, It's a series of poems. Um, from the work entitled for color girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough i see you shaking your head linda you know so one of my experiences after my college rape um and after finding out that and having a lot of shame about not using my voice was I let that pain, excuse me for a moment, my phone is dying. I let that pain drive me to take public speaking. And I auditioned for a role in the play for Color Girls, and I was one of the producers in it, and I played a role in it. But the line at the very end, and it's about various women's journeys, about Being a woman and what the world has brought, covers a broad range of things. And at the very end, it talks about, I found God in myself and I loved her. I loved her fiercely.
0: (laughs) That gives me chills. Thank you. (laughs) Yes.
2: I like the her aspects. (laughs) Yeah. We think of God as being masculine and it ain't so. Yeah.
1: God does not have a gender.
0: Pardon? God does not have a gender. I know. <clears throat> but
2: that's kind of hard to relate to. <laughs> I find myself writing about God she with a line he. So I I write S and then I put a line and H E and I'm covering all sexes. <laughs> and because I know that God is neutral in terms of sex. But not neutral in helping us out.
0: Uh, He helps us all equally, absolutely. He, she. That was one of the (laughs) things that excited me the most when I read the book, The Shack, was when we found when I found out that God was a large black woman, I'm like, yes <laughs> <laughs> those barriers what you think God is sitting on a throne with a long white beard, Thank you <laughs> that's
2: a marvelous movie, actually,
0: yeah, I saw the movie was very good as
3: well, yeah mm-hmm. And the book is amazing, too. This is our, yeah. uh, um, it's funny. I I loved that movie because yes, Olivia, Octavia Spencer was amazing. Um, and I also loved the fact, like, everybody in the movie was amazing. I uh, showed it to my children. We watched it and we talked about it. And my daughter later in the year was at a book sale at school and saw the book and bought it for me with their own money. And said, mommy, I saw this book and I thought you would like to have it. So I own it now. And that was just a powerful example of, for me anyway, of something small that just be so miraculous. She just knew how much that would mean to me. And I'm so thankful.
2: That was a beautiful gift.
0: Yeah. Loving ourselves the way that our kids love us. Loving ourselves the way that we love our kids. You know, anyone that is precious to us. You know, you, you just, you look into their face and you just see, you know, you just like your heart melts and you feel so much love and appreciation and pride for them. I look on my own heart in that way.
2: There was a beautiful story in the newspaper the other day about a black man who had a son that was being bullied at school. And uh, he complained to the school, and they didn't solve the problems. So he went one day, and um, he saw what was happening with his son, and he had compassion. For the boy that was being the bully, because he knew or found out that the boy's family had it, the father had lost his job and that uh, they did not have enough money to even live on, and the kid was hungry and and he was going through a major crisis in his own life. So the father of the uh boy that was being bullied, uh talked to the other kid and he let him know that uh, while his behavior was not acceptable, he was loved. And he even put a uh raised money for the kids' family so that they had some money to view to um deal with their financial problems and the two boys became best of friends. And I thought that was such a marvelous example of how to handle an extremely difficult situation in which your kid is being bullied. And the the instinct is to bully back. And yet this father had compassion and understanding And helped his son to have compassion and understanding.
0: Love is the answer, no matter what the question. Right. Thank you for sharing that, Anne. I try to find those stories in the newspaper they're they're difficult to find. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a lot of good news in the newspaper or on the news. <laughs> <also>. <laughs> yeah. More of that please.
2: <laughs> I'd like to see them put such a story front and center on the first page.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it would be so helpful. Yes. For what we're going through right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't know somebody's motivation till we walk a mile in their shoes.
2: Yeah.
0: So does anyone have anything that they would like to share? Any prayer requests or? intentions they would like to share with the group before we close out today. Well I just wanna I wanna thank you all for being here today. I wanna thank you all for holding a beautiful space for Anne to feel safe enough to to share and um, just thank you. Thank you for being a part of this healing community.
2: And thank you for listening and understanding.
0: Absolutely. All right. I will pray us out placing my hand on my heart and taking in that deep breath of love and gratitude so grateful for this opportunity to come together to hold our beautiful sister Anne in our loving hearts to help her facilitate the healing that she is looking for to allow her to express it's in her heart and mind. I'm so grateful to know that in her sharing and all those who shared here today, that the healing is going across our community and rippling out into the world. We can watch those ripples go across the mm-hmm. calm, clear lake like diamonds in the sunlight. are so grateful for the opportunity to, to have this community, this time to feel safe and be our authentic selves, bring to the table what is ever on our hearts. So grateful to Jennifer for bringing this community to us and honored to be a part of it. Grateful to know that healing is happening right here and right now for each and every one of us and to all those who will listen later. So grateful for the assistance both here in the physical and in the earthly or the heavenly realms, grateful to know that that assistance will stay with us as we go forward from this call. We're so grateful that we get to share the benefits of the work that we are doing, loving ourselves, honoring ourselves, seeing, hearing, embracing, comforting, loving ourselves with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a beautiful week. And thank
2: Thank you. And thank you for your understanding and help.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Bye, all. Bye. Bye Bye.
3: Bye. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Love
0: you. Love you too, honey.